Uh, we find uh, this reading this morning uh, in the first chapter of the Gospel of St. Luke, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to a town in Galilee named Nazareth. He had a message for a girl promised in marriage to a man named Joseph, who was a descendant of King David. The girl's name was Mary. The angel came to her and said, Peace be with you. The Lord is with you and has greatly blessed you. Mary was deeply troubled by the angel's message, and she wondered what his words meant. The angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. God has been gracious to you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High God. The Lord God will make him a king, as his ancestor David was, and he will be the king of the descendants of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary said to the angel, I am a virgin. How then can this be? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and God's power will rest upon you. For this reason, the Holy Child will be called the Son of God. Remember your relative Elizabeth. It is said that she cannot have children, but she herself is now six months pregnant, even though she is very old. For there is nothing that God cannot do. I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it happen to me as you have said. And the angel left her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Noah Webster, for uh, whom the dictionary was named, was a lexicographer. He is uh, responsible for standardizing the American, American English at the beginning of the 19th century. And so, as you might imagine, uh, Noah Webster was a stickler for the proper definition of words. One day, his wife opened the kitchen door and discovered Noah kissing the maid. Mrs. Webster exclaimed, Why, Noah, I'm surprised. He said, No, my dear, we're surprised. You're amazed. <laughs> well, I'm not sure what, uh, you know, how the rest of that conversation went. Uh, but a surprise is when, you know, kind of refers to something that's unexpected. Amazement refers to being made speechless, astounded at what we see. I think both of those words are appropriate for the nativity story we just read. The story uh, is called the Annunciation, the announcement. The angel Gabriel announcing to Mary that she, above all women in the world, is to be the one who will be the mother of the Messiah. Well, do you like surprises? I do sometimes. Sometimes I don't. It kind of depends on what the surprise is and all the other circumstances that, that go surround it. Generally, though, I like to know what's going to happen. I like to have some ideas so that I can be prepared. So ordinarily, I'm not real fond of surprises. Uh, some surprises, of course, are bigger than others. You can certainly ask Mary... She got a major surprise, did she not? There she was doing the dishes or sweeping the floor or sitting engrossed in the latest Harlequin romance or whatever young Israelite girls did in those days when suddenly the God of 
sent his angel Gabriel to appear before her and said, in essence, guess what's going to happen to you, Mary? And I wonder what went through her mind. You know, in the modern vernacular, I, you know, she hears this announcement. She's told what's going to happen. And I think that she's got to be scratching her head and say, what? What? Say that again. The story is just, you know, this whole story is contained in these few verses. And I wonder, what's the rest of the story? You know, we must have just the condensed version here. We certainly don't know what all was gone through through Mary's mind. And the writer would have no way to know that those many, many years later when this story is recorded for us. But I imagine she was surprised, she was amazed, she was confused, she was bewildered. She certainly scratched her head and trying to make sense of all of this. This announcement, you know, and she begins to process the thought. And so we do have recorded for us. She she asks Gabriel the question, uh, you know, how will this be? I, you know, I, I'm a virgin. She was clearly smart enough to know that she hadn't been with Joseph. So this thing was this thing was unusual to say the least. And as the angel is speaking to her and tells her the Holy Spirit will overcome you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Can you imagine a poor peasant girl being given this information? And the angel continues, and if you think this is a big deal, your cousin Elizabeth, whom everyone knows is way too old to have children, is also pregnant and is going to have a child. Surprising and amazing. What would your reaction have been had you been Mary? This odd-looking character shows up at your door. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you, he says. Well, maybe so far so good. But then this incredible announcement. She has to be wondering, you know, how do I explain this to my parents, right? And what happens when Sadie down the street gets this news? It'll be all over the village. And Joseph, what in the world am I going to say to Joseph? Can you imagine this has got to be going through her head? Uh, Joseph, my dear, I have good news and bad news. Uh, knowing how often you and I have said how we... Look forward to starting a family. Remember that? You know, we, we've talked about that. Well, the good news is you're going to be a daddy. <laughs> uh, the bad news is, well, you know, maybe you won't need to be involved. Surprise. Surprising and amazing. And what do you think Joseph's first thoughts was me? Same thing. Scratching. He said, oh, what? Say that again. How can this be? Well, fortunately, we're also told in these nativity stories, if we read the Gospel of Matthew, that Mary doesn't have to bear this burden alone because God, in his graciousness, also sends the angel to Joseph to give him the lowdown as well. But certainly, this must have been utterly confusing to these people in those days. So I suspect surprise is hardly the word for Joseph's reaction. He and Mary were engaged. That was an agreement uh, which in that day required the same fidelity as marriage. Indeed, the only way to break an engagement was an actual divorce. 
and suddenly hears that his intended is pregnant with someone else's child. Certainly at first he must have been crushed until he could get his thoughts assembled. And remember, this is the part of the world that even today it's perfectly okay with honor killings, the exacting of murderous revenge or vengeance if the family name is besmirched in any way. This was dangerous ground in those days. But as the gospel account has it, uh, things worked out as through the angel talked to Joseph as well. These seem like unusual events to us, and clearly they were. But we ought not to be so terribly surprised uh, to read scripture, to look at history, to examine life shows that God regularly works, not only in mysterious ways in ancient days, but in mysterious and wonderful and surprising ways in our day today also. The Old Testament is filled with these remarkable and wonderful surprises. It's remarkable, is it not, that God chooses one nation to be the light to all the others? And which God, which nation did God select? Why, a tiny little fifth-rate one, a nation of slaves in Egypt, wanderers in the wilderness. Surprising and amazing. Think about the young man from the very devout Jewish family who had more religious conviction than most of all of us put together. The one who decided that he was going to destroy this new heresy called Christianity. He was going to wipe it off the face of the earth. So he set about to do that very thing. He went around the countryside, as scripture says in the marvelous phrasing of the King James Version, breathing out threatenings and slaughter. His name was Saul of Tarsus. You remember the story from your Sunday school days. Saul got bounced on his babushka on the road to Damascus. But he became Paul, the greatest missionary the church had ever known. Surprising and amazing. Turning the life around of this man who was going to destroy Christianity to make him the greatest missionary the world has ever seen. Think through the centuries of, of church history to a time not quite 500 years after Christ to the young man in the north of Africa who led a wild and riotous life that even after he decided to become a Christian, he refused baptism because there was still some sinning he had planned to do. And he wanted to, to go wild with at least a relatively clear conscience. And so he postponed that baptism for a little while. He made a prayer once in reference to his raucous womanizing. He said, Lord, make me chaste, but not yet. I'll get there. His name you will remember as Augustine. We remember him today as St. Augustine. And he lived a thousand years before the Reformers. He became the inspiration for the work that they would do in changing the church. There would be other surprises, many, many, many more surprises through the years. There was Martin Luther, a, a simple scholarly priest who would have been much more content in the academic setting, but ended up taking on the whole church to correct the massive abuses that were taking place in his day. There was John R. Mott, a businessman at the turn of last century, who was convinced that Christian churches would present a better 
witness to the world if they could become more united and cooperate one another, denomination with denomination. And he became the founder of what we know as the ecumenical movement. There was the young preacher's son, very ordinary, very, very, very fallible, but used of God in an incredible way as he became the messenger to America to call attention to our racism and to our bigotry. You know, of course, I'm referring to Martin Luther King Jr. He was murdered for his efforts, but his memory and his work will never die. The list of God's surprises could go on and on. But, you know, in reality, if we look back over our own lives, we can we can pick out a lot of surprises and a lot of amazement when we've been left speechless because of the love and the mercy that we've felt through God or through others on God's behalf. The late Norman Vincent Peale once told about two men who were standing on the corner of Fifth Avenue at 52nd Street in New York City during the Christmas rush. I can only imagine what it must be like. I know what it was like in Mechanicsburg and Carlisle and Harrisburg during the Christmas rush. But here they are in New York City, the corner of Fifth Avenue and 52nd Street, waiting for the light to change. And one of them, so irritated by the hustle and the bustle and the people and the traffic, and he says, you know, this town is totally disorganized. Look at the traffic. It's terrible. Something ought to be done about it. But the other man was more philosophical. Thoughtfully, he countered, you know, it is astounding, isn't it? The romance of it, is it not? There was a baby born of a peasant, born of peasant parents in a little out-of-the-way place, halfway around the world from here. The parents had no money. The parents had no social standing. Yet 2,000 years later, that little baby creates a traffic jam in the busiest city in the world. Utterly amazing. Absolutely fantastic. The choir sang a little while ago, love came down. Love came down. Did it not? Love came in the form of Gabriel to make this announcement to poor bewildered Mary. She had to listen, trying to make sense of all of this. You know, we, we, we pick up the newspaper and uh, we read what's happening in our world. We watch stuff on the news. And, and uh, I'm afraid that in those 2,000 years, uh, human nature has not changed a whole lot. I, hopefully we're more civilized, but human nature has not changed to the degree that it needs to change. You've seen pictures on the news of, of people waiting for the UPS truck to drop off packages at somebody's porch and they're following along the truck about as soon as the package gets lost, lost somebody, some criminal comes by and picks up those packages and carries them away. We, we've seen, uh, just this past week, so many innocent children in Pakistan, 148 people killed in a school. You know? But love came down. Love will come again. Love will knock on our door. The angel will say to us, I am calling you, I am calling you to help change the world. Your main name may not be Martin Luther or Martin Luther King Jr. Your name, though, is what it is, and I'm calling you. Ah, surprising 
and amazing and we may be speechless because I don't know what that call is on your life today. But I know, you know, every morning God lays, lays something on my heart and he does on yours too. So I invite you to answer that call. We see the call to Mary was not entirely different than the call God has for us. If that makes you uncomfortable and scares you a little, I understand. A divine surprise often looks daunting. Our first reaction is that we are not up to it. But then we remember that one day, 2,000 years ago, a heavenly messenger came to a poor peasant girl with a whole lot less education than we have, with a whole lot less experience than we have, with a whole lot fewer means than we have. And a miracle took place. What miracle is out there to take place because of what God is calling you to do this day? This young lady in her mid-teens from a no-account family in a no-account town in a no-account nation and announced that she'd been selected for this great honor, giving birth to the Savior. I doubt any of us could be more uncomfortable or more scared than was Mary. But God gave her the grace to get through it. God will give it to you and to me too if we accept the challenge. The message for our gospel lesson is not simply a narrative about the beginning of Jesus' earthly life. It is a reminder to us to be on the lookout for angels, heavenly messengers of some sort, maybe some celestial being, maybe a Bible verse, maybe some Christian friend, maybe even something as mundane as a few words from a sermon. But it comes with an announcement, one that could be surprising, one that could be unexpected, one that calls us to give Life, give our life to Christ again. Calling, God is calling you. Don't be surprised. Don't be amazed. It is happening today. Amen.